welcome home. We're glad you're here today. I want to just share some exciting stuff with you this morning. Uh, some of you may be new, so this might be a little bit new for you, but some of you remember Pastor Dylan, who was here uh, for about two years, and then about two years ago, he left to go plant a church in Springfield, and our church raised about $14,000 to take with him, and um, as well as uh, just getting a core from his hometown. Anyway, uh, he left, and they planted a church a couple years ago with about 70 people, and I was meeting with him earlier this week, and he told me that they're getting ready to start their third service, and they're seeing around 450 people on Sunday mornings, and more importantly, that yeah, go ahead, that's all right, clap, that's awesome. And you know, numbers tell a little bit of the story, but the bigger story, uh, more than the numbers, is they're starting to see lives transformed and seeing people freed from addiction and uh, marriages being restored and just some very exciting things taking place. And so I just wanted you to uh, just say thank you for continuing to pray uh, for them. And that's our goal. That's every church's goal. You see it on our walls is to connect people with God. I'm not going to lie to you today. Uh, We exist to connect ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And when God does that, when we connect with him, he does all kinds of crazy things. That's exactly what this series is about, is God wanted to connect with his people. That's the series we're in called Written in Stone. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. Um, if you have your Bibles and you want to go to Exodus 20 or grab it on your Version app, you can do that. But we've been talking about um, God and how he uh, wants to connect with the Israelites. And as he began to um, just become a separate people from when they left Egypt and um, he began to try to say, you know, there's got to be some guidelines and some rules for these people if they're going to be my people. And he establishes those guidelines in the Ten Commandments. And today, as we're looking at this, we're looking at the fifth commandment today. Let's read it together. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Is anybody elbowing anybody next to him? Honor your father and mother. That's what we're talking about today. Learning to have respect and honor for our father and our mother. This topic really sometimes can create some attention for us because for some of us, maybe we would say that our father and our mother were amazing and, and you know, great and all that. But for others of us, you might say, you know what, my parents don't deserve honor and don't deserve respect, or maybe we didn't have the greatest home life growing up. So this naturally creates a tension for us. And But this morning, we want to talk about some specific reasons that regardless of what kind of a situation you grew up in, or you know, however good or however bad it is, we're all called to honor our parents, and we're going to unpack that today. Um, studying this a little bit, getting ready for this today, uh, the NIV application said this, this is the first commandment with a promise attached to it to live in peace for generations in the promised land, the Israelites would need to respect authority and build strong families. Respect authority and build strong families. Let's say that together. Respect authority and build strong families. That was their goal, and that's our goal uh, today. But what does it mean to honor parents Partly it means speaking well of them and politely to them. It also means acting in a way that shows them courtesy and respect, but at the same time not obeying them if it means disobeying God. And then he says it means following their teaching, an example of putting God what? First. And I love this part. He says parents have a special place in God's sight. 
If you're a parent today, regardless of whether someone tells you this or not, whether your kids tell you this or not, you have a special place in God's heart. This is scary, but in our house, we have the responsibility of shaping three people. Isn't that scary to think about? Exciting, but also scary. And if you're a parent today, even a grandparent, maybe you're raising your grandchild or, or you're a guardian who's adopted someone, you're in foster care, you have the responsibility of shaping lives. Even those who find it difficult to get along with their parents are still commanded to honor them. So here's the focus today, okay? Honoring our father and mother is the main platform that God uses to teach children respect for authority. Honoring our father and mother is the main platform that God uses to teach children respect for authority in general. And so as we think about respect for authority, we've all seen kids, you know, out in the community or different places that maybe don't have respect for authority. Many of you know that I like the Andy Griffith show, and there's a scene here that we're going to watch where this child who's friends with Opie is not respecting Andy, he's not respecting Opie, he's not respecting what one of the business owners has asked him not to ride his bike on his sidewalk. And you see at the end, or this scene is at the end of the show where Andy and his father have words because the dad is taking the child's side. You've ever seen that before? Sheriff? Yes, sir. You the boy's father? That's right. Simon Winkler. Andy Taylor. Now then, what's this all about? 249A, section Roman numeral 5. All right, so he rode his bike on the sidewalk. Arnold was given a warning and continued to ride his bicycle on the sidewalk. The offense was clearly defined under normal weather conditions. Everybody's against me. Oh, there, there, son. Get him out, little bud. Was it such a crime? Now, if we don't teach children to live in society today, what's going to happen to them when they grow up? For heaven's sake, Sheriff, the boy's not a criminal. The minimum punishment for this offense is impounding the bicycle for one year. Well, you can't do it. I demand you return that bike and now. Now, you look here. You're that boy's father. You're responsible for his actions. Now, he's too young to be locked up. But if you're not going to take responsibility, maybe I ought to lock you up. You ever think of that? Go on. Put him in jail. He won't dare. I don't want to lose my brand new bike. I just got it. You'd rather I put your father in jail? Sheriff, there won't be any need to impound that bike. How's that? I'm going to sell it. Sell it? You're going to sell my bike? That's right, Arnold. But it's my bike. You can't sell my bike. Be quiet, Arnold. <laughs> Mr. Winkler, there's a real nice woodshed out back. Good old-fashioned woodshed? Real nice. No, I want my bike. I want my bike. <laughs> I want my bike. Is Arnie going to get spanked, Paul? Don't you think he deserves it? I don't want to say. After all, he is one of my own kind. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Is he going to get his spanking? Don't you think he deserves it? I don't want to say he's one of my own kind. We see this in our culture today, and in thinking about this whole topic, God uses the, the whole idea of respecting our parents as the platform to not only learn to respect our parents, but to learn respect in general. And I don't know about you, but we, it's not 1964 anymore where that 
that uh, video came out. And what we're seeing is, is this constant just lack of disrespect, and it continues to get worse and worse. If you're a millennial, you've seen this, uh, this thing here on, on uh, Facebook. But what it is, is there's a girl, she's 13, well, she was 13 years old. She's older now. Her name's Danielle. And Danielle is on the Dr. Phil show. And she's talking to the audience and to her mom, and they're trying to learn how to respect each other. At some point, she calls the audience a bunch of derogatory words, gets up and goes over to her mom and starts to say, and this isn't, we didn't misspell this. This was her words, just that way. Cash me outside, how about that? Okay, let's say that. Cash me outside. That is so silly to even say. Catch me outside, how about that? No, we say, catch me outside, how about that? She's up in her mom's face. How many of you have seen this? Some of us probably have seen that. Yeah, a few of us have. Not only is that disrespectful, but what we've seen is, and I'm told I'm, that um, it went on YouTube, and if you have so many views of something, at some point you, begin, you can begin to make money off of those. And Danielle is not only um, being disrespectful to her mom, but she started to create more videos intentionally being disrespectful because people, rather than finding it appalling, they find it entertaining and they watch her. And she's starting to make a lot of money off of this. So not only is she being disrespectful, but we think it's funny. And we at least view it and then she gets paid for it. We've come a long way from Andy Griffith, haven't we? The question that we have to ask ourselves, and any, it's a fair question regardless of where we find ourselves today. Why did God make honoring our father and mother a commandment? Why is that so important? Why is it important to have a speed limit sign outside? Why can't we just drive whatever speed we want to? We know the answer to that. That's, that's total chaos. And God uses us honoring our parents to learn, for us to learn how to honor God and honor other people and be respectful. Whether you're a Christian or an atheist today, all of us can appreciate if you're at the mall deli and you see a child say thank you or please or good morning, many of us would comment and say, well, you're a respectful child. Why would we even notice that? Because it's rare. If it was the norm, if everybody did it, we wouldn't notice it. But because it's so rare in our culture, when a child is actually respectful or thoughtful or says thank you or does something in a respectable or responsible way, we all notice it. And biblically speaking, God places special value on those who are in authority in our lives. Have you ever had this, you know, comment to your your child? Why do I have to do this? Because I said so. Because it's what's in your best interest. Whether we like it or not, kids, whether you like it or not, God has placed a special value of authority on our parents, which is actually scary at the same time. So when it comes to teaching our kids about honoring their father and their mother, where does that start? And this morning, I think where it starts is where it started with the first commandments, and we see it all throughout Scripture, honoring God is the path to honoring our parents. Let's read that together. Honoring God is the path to honoring our parents. That's where it begins. 
as we connect ourselves to God and we begin to teach our kids to honor God, not only are we honoring them, but we begin to realize that God, as we honor God, he has things for us to do. Part of honoring your parents is when they tell you to clean your room, you clean your room. And as we connect ourselves to God, and we begin to love God, and we begin to read his word, we see all kinds of things in here like honor your parents, turn the other cheek, love those who persecute you. You see, when we honor God first, it takes care of a myriad of different things. Well, how is honoring our parents connected to honoring God? This isn't a, you know, a real complicated truth, but it's a truth that we've forgotten in our culture. It honors God for you to honor your parents. For many of us, we might be able to say, you know, my parents really aren't worth honoring. The Bible tells us, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, that we are to submit to each other, not because the other person deserves it, but out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's say that together. Submit to one another out of reverence for So we honor people not because they deserve it, but because we are reverent and holy to Christ. Paul goes on to say, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Have you ever had a conversation before where you've just said, just do the right thing. Don't do the easy thing. Don't do the thing that everybody else is doing. Just do the right thing. And children, whether you feel like it or not, Paul says, obey your parents because you belong to God for this is the right thing to do. You know, it's a whole lot easier for kids to obey and honor if we're doing the same thing. When we're in traffic... And someone cuts us off. Are we honoring God? When we get let go at work. Or we're in some kind of argument. Are we honoring God? We also see from this passage of scripture. There's a blessing attached. God honors children. Who honor their what? There's a payoff. It's not always a monetary payoff, but there is a payoff for doing the right thing. Listen to this. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land that, you're, that the Lord God is giving you. So this morning, as we think about this, uh, most of our children, there's a few of us that are in here, but most of our kids are in the back. So for the most part, we've got parents in here. Not completely, but for the most part. So I want to just share with you parents today a few random things that can help us teach our kids to honor their father and mother. First is this, go first when it comes to honoring God and others. Let's read that. Go first when it comes to honoring God and others. We can't ask our kids to do something that we're not willing to do. For example... If you're teaching your child to say they're sorry, but you refuse to say you're sorry, 
Why are you expecting them to say they're sorry? Go first. If you're telling your kids you want them to be involved in church, why aren't you involved in church? If you're telling them to be respectful to their spouse and you want them to be respectful to their kids, are you being respectful to your spouse? Are you being respectful to your kids? Leaders go first. We have staff meetings on Tuesdays every week, and it's a great time together with the staff. And every once in a while, we'll talk about something we need to work on. And I don't always do it, but I try to every time, okay, I'll go first. Here's what I need to work on. See, we've got to model vulnerability. I remember telling Noah one time, son, I don't know what I'm doing. You're my first one. We're trying to figure this out. I don't know. Go first when it comes to honoring God and others. Honoring our father and mother is the main platform God uses to teach children respect for authority. Here's another one. These are just random ones today. Your children need you to be a parent more than they need you to be their friend. It's kind of quiet in here. Let's read that. Your children need you to be a parent more than they need you to be their friend. God's goal for you as parents is not for your children to like you all the way throughout their life. Hopefully, at, as you navigate life, they be, you guys become friends. But the goal, especially when they're children, is not for you and them to be buddy-buddy and wear the same size clothes and share the same shirt and you to think, well, you know, I'm the same size as my kids and I'm only 20 years old. That's not the goal. The goal is not for you to take them on better vacation than other kids and for them to think you're the, you're the best at giving Christmas presents and, and you've got everybody else beat. That's not the goal. The other day we went fishing and on the way home, Noah said, can we go eat somewhere? And I said, ah, we've ate out some this week. No, let's not. And he wasn't too happy about that for a minute. And it had been real easy for me to say, okay, let's go. But no, we're going to go home. Not every time do your kids go to Walmart, do they need a toy? And as little and silly as those things are, they become more important and bigger as they get older. It's okay for you to say to your kids, my job is not to be your friend right now. My job is to be your parent. The scary thing is, is if, if you're the friend, if, if the goal is for you to be their friend, then who's, who's teaching them? Who's holding them accountable? The other day I was around some other people and this was wrong, okay, don't do this. But I was around a single mom and her kid and her kid was, I don't know if it was Walmart or somewhere, and the child is just being so disrespectful. I'm not even, I don't even know these people. And this kid is just totally being disrespectful to his mom. And something happened in me. Don't do this, okay? <laughs> I walked over to the kid and I said, dude, you need to stop. You don't treat your mom like that. 
kind of looked at me. I said, I'm, not, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And he quit. Now, whether he went back to it later, I don't know. And she kind of looked at me like, how dare you? But then, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Your children need you to be a parent. Single moms, that's hard to hear because you're trying to play both roles. I know I'm lingering on this, but part of the issues we're seeing in our culture is for some, they're trying to be their buddy. And, and I'm not saying to be mean, I'm just saying they need a parent. See, Solomon says we're to direct our children onto the right path, and that's not always popular. Do you have any children in your house that if you ask them to take the trash out, or you ask them to clean their room... Or you ask them to say please, or they're sorry that they throw a big fit about it. Are we just supposed to just back up? Okay, we don't start a fight. We're called to direct our children on the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. Part of honoring, teaching them to honor their parents is to be the parent, not the friend. The flip side of that, parents, use your authority, but don't take advantage of it. Many times what we see is we see extremes where, you know, a parent's over here just giving nothing but grace and love and hugs. They're great at that, but there's no accountability there. And that's what the the recipe is for a spoiled child. The other side of that, and we see that too, and we see it a lot with um, just in general in the church over the years, reaching out to so many people, is abuse. We've got some great people in our church that are stepping up to help in that. And they're taking their authority and they're not being grace-filled. They're over here and they're using it to abuse and to hurt and to cause harm. To much that is given, much is required. Paul writes, he's, he's talking to fathers here, and I don't know if it was because then... Um, women were second-class citizens or if it's because dads are to lead the way or, you know, whatever. But really, this fits not only for dads but all of us. But it says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Some of you know what this is like. You've experienced this as, as an adult. You experienced it as a child. Don't, another version says, Don't exasperate your kids. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from how your parents did it. Is that what it says? Did you know this? Not everything you were taught directly and indirectly prepared you to be a good parent or to be a good husband or be a good wife. No matter how great your parents are, not everything that they've done, in fairness to them, was correct. Because none of us are perfect. So if we're using mom or dad as the model, we're going to come up short. And I'm a mom or dad. I tell my own kids this. If you're using me as, the, as absolute truth on everything, I'm perfect in every way, you're going to fall short. We have to have discipline and instruction, all of us, that comes from the Lord. Jesus said this. He goes even farther with this. Paul says, don't exasperate your kids. You know what Jesus says? If you're going to hurt a child and cause them to go into sin, you're going to go too far with discipline, it'd be better, uh, and he used the examples of the time, it would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. 
You know what he's saying here? Now, this is harsh, but here's what he's saying. You are better off dead than to teach children to follow the wrong path in life. I would be lying to you and not being true to Scripture if I said anything different. Jesus said you're better off dead than to lead children in the wrong direction. The flip side of that is, what a privilege and a blessing that we're given to raise children. Some of you have wanted children and maybe not been able to have children. You're praying for children and we pray with you. Some of you have adopted children. Some of you have kids. So we have grandmas and grandparents that are raising their grandkids. Have you ever thought that your greatest contribution to the kingdom of heaven might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Have you ever thought of that? That's a quote by Andy Stanley. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God, may not be something you do, but someone you raise. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, they said, well, I don't have a job. I said, well, I know you've got several amazing kids and you're a stay-at-home mom i know but i don't i said you've got a job you've got the greatest and hardest job and that's not just for stay-at-home moms that's for all of us we are called whether we like it or not to be engaged with our kids and to shape them to honor god to honor their parents to honor authority. The greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do. But someone you raise. You know, my kids are raised. I already messed up. It's never too late to start. There's people around you, kids around you, that need to learn. You can adopt you can mentor, you can pray for. Honoring our father and mother is the main platform God uses to teach children respect for authority. Everything flows from that. The question I would ask all of us today, myself included, is how are we doing at that? I'm not talking about the person sitting next to you or the person that's not here, how are you doing with this? My son Luke is four years old. He doesn't know yet. He might, he might start to at four. I don't know the exact age. But there's definitely an age where a child doesn't know God. They don't know anything about God. They're too little to even understand that. But they can see God in the way that we love Him and care for Him. And they can begin to practice habits. While back there were several needs that we were praying for in our church, and we consistently prayed for those needs. I mentioned one of those needs in earshot of Luke. And I don't know if he said this because he has a relationship with God, but I tend to think it's because he's practicing what we're doing. 
because it's hard to understand the whole concept, but maybe. But he said, we need to pray for them because he hears Whitney say that, because he hears Noah say that, he hears Gracie say that, hopefully I say that. See, as we honor God and we teach them to honor us, they begin to practice. Does that make sense? They begin to practice that. It's never too late to start. And I also want to talk to some people today. You know, it's a pretty basic fundamental teaching. Maybe it's not your kids. Maybe you've had a hard time honoring your parents. And maybe what God wants you to do today is to just simply forgive them. Maybe you were abused by one of your parents or they were never around or you never met them or they didn't want anything to do with you. And you're thinking, how in the world could I possibly honor them or what would that even look like? Maybe the best way that you can honor them is just to forgive them. And maybe not hate them. I believe sometimes there's some things that can happen to us that are so hard and so tragic and so severe that the best way for you to love them is to simply not hate them and not wish ill of them. Loving your enemies doesn't always mean inviting them over for salad. But it does mean not hating them. And for some of you today, I'm just going to tell you what you were already thinking. I don't have the strength to do that. And I would say you're right. And the strength doesn't come from you. The Bible tells us that we're transformed in our thinking and the way that we do things by the renewing of our minds. And that comes from God. As his spirit comes into our lives, he begins to change and shape and mold. And all of a sudden, we're loving in ways we never thought possible. We're loving instead of hating. We're giving instead of taking. We're willing to apologize instead of being full of pride. And what would it look like in your household for your children to see you do that with your, their grandparents? Honoring our father and mother is the main platform God uses to teach children respect for authority. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you today. Father, speak to our hearts about this basic but very foundational truth. Father, help us today to live the life you've called us to live. We give you praise in Jesus' name. A friend of mine, his name's Dan Muter. He's retired. He used to be the pastor at Countryside. Some of you know him. And we're friends, and I see him quite a bit. And he said, Kyle, what you preaching on Sunday? I said, honor your father and mother. He said, oh, yeah? I said, what are your thoughts on that? I said, what would you want me to tell him? He stopped and he paused and he thought for a minute. And he goes, tell them to spoil their kids the right way. I said, what does that mean? He says, well, you know, people spoil their kids with stuff and vacations and all this stuff. He says, but what if, what if we all spoiled our kids with God's word? We spoiled our kids with love. We spoiled our kids with accountability. Spoiled our kids with being there for them in the hard moments in life. Tell them to spoil their kids the right way. 
So may you spoil your kids the right way. May you honor mom. May you honor dad. May you honor authorities in your life. And may we just continue to see God do amazing things in our families. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you love us. Father, none of us can feel perfect about this. We all could get better. But Father, as we honor you, maybe the question that I know for me is, Lord, what needs to change in me? Father, speak to my heart today. Speak to all of our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to shape children into who you've called them to be. We give you praise and glory and honor for who you are. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.